Daily Hebrew Declarations with Daniel Jedediah Cook, and I'm reading the declaration for today, December the 15th, 2020. The three Hebrew letters we're honoring today are Lamed, Samak, and Resh. Along with those three living letters, we're also honoring the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel. The declaration today reads this, Learning and teaching true knowledge, supernatural support, Yahweh's loving arms surrounding us, Seeing, living, and being our original intent. Now this morning as I was meditating, I began to hear hear Samak cry out, probably more than the other two today. You know, mainly the the living letter Samak really begins to talk about this place of, of being supernaturally supported. That is probably one of the most common uh, ways of looking at this. But it also means to lean upon and to uphold. You see, the reason why Samak is known as the letter that talks about supernatural support are that the rabbis believe that when Moshe was on, on the uh, on the mount, in Mount Sinai, that, that Yahweh wrote the first tablets of stone on a perfect sapphire cube. And as Yahweh wrote, he wrote with his own finger, and the letters bore all the way through to the other side of those cubes. Now, that would mean because Samak being the only of the 22 original letters that uh, are, are written is the only one that is completely enclosed. And so, you know, gravity and, and, and nature would have said that that inner part of Samak should have fallen out onto the ground when, when Yahweh had written that with his finger, but it didn't. It remained in place and it remained so that it could be noticed and could be seen and understood as a summit from that point forward. But see, it also means to lean upon and to uphold. And Samak has been one of those letters to me that has, has got such a deep, 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 deep mystery. If you look back at the paleo version of Samak, it begins to look like a shield and a place of protection. And so once again, matter of fact, it also looks like a, a, a hedge of thorns. If you look closely, it's got it's got several thorns sticking out the side of a center post. And so in that place, it begins to allude to even the, the, the meanings of between Hosea's wife, Gomer, and Paul, and the ways that, that they had been hedged around by thorns. Now, ladies and gents, I believe that that is true of us as well. That Yahweh has wrapped us, if you will, as a hedge of thorns, Surrounding, uh, surrounding us. Now, I know you may say, now, wait a minute, why, you know, that would seem like a place of, of, of fear or a place that, that I would be afraid to kick out of or, or that sort of thing. No, it's not meant to be in that perspective, you know, because the way I see it is from, from, a, from a dual purpose, not only the place of me wanting to try to kick out of that hedge of thorns. And just as Paul said, and Yahweh said to Paul on the road to Damascus, why are you kicking against the goads? In other words, why are you kicking against the thorns that are set in place around about you? And so it's in that place that I believe that, that Yahweh has protected us, not only from the inside where, you know, we don't want to get out, but yet also from the outside. And that anything coming, trying to come in from the outside would also be ripped apart and torn apart trying to get in. In other words, it's a place of protection. It's a place of safety. It's a place of, of comfort. You know, it's a place of knowing that we are surrounded by the love of Almighty Yahweh. 
You know, I find it really interesting that yesterday, as I was talking yesterday, Samak was really crying out a good bit yesterday. If you listen to the, the podcast, then I talk about the place of Yahweh wrapping his loving arms around you, just like a small child reaches up and grabs a hold of the neck of the parent and holds on to it with, with all their might and then wraps their legs around their waist so that it's, it's, it's heart to heart and chest to chest as there's an embrace that ensues as we, as we begin to just feel the love of Almighty Yahweh. And here today, Michelle now talks about that very same thing. Yahweh is crying out and saying, I love you, my people. I love you. And there's this place of that connection and coming together as we begin to really embrace one another and say, Yahweh, I, I love you. Because as I reach up and I, and I grab a hold of him, I too must also reach out and grab a hold of you and tell you, I love you. Because I can look into your eyes and see the eyes of Yahweh. You see, when we talk about seeing and living and being our original intent, what was the original intent of Yahweh? I've asked this question before, but what is that original intent? What did he have set up for us? I believe there's only one answer to that question. He was looking for that place of intimacy. He was looking for that place of connection. He was looking for that place, really, if you will, to marry us. You know, from the very beginning, he put Adam into the uh, into the garden and he placed them there and they walked and talked in the cool of the day. There was conversation, there was intimacy. Yahweh gave uh, Adam the ability to be able to speak the animals' names into existence. And what they, whatever he named them is what they became. Whatever he named them was what they would be named from that point forward. And so, you see, if you will, in that place of speaking their names, Adam was identifying every single one of those animals and identifying really the, the Yahweh part of them, if you will, the living letter part of them. You know, you guys have heard me say this before, but let's go back to Genesis 1.1. Barashit bara Elohim. In beginning, Elohim created. And the very next word or the very next statement there, the very next uh, uh, two letters are Aleph Tav. And the rabbis believe, I believe as well, that, that literally when, when Elohim created, he first spoke the Aleph Tav into existence. He spoke the Hebrew alphabet into existence. And it's through the Aleph Tav, through the Hebrew alphabet, that all the rest of creation be, was formed. Because Yahweh's next words were Hashemayim et Aretz. In other words, the heavens and the earth were created. But what was created first? The Aleph Ha, the Hebrew alphabet. The ability to be able to name and identify. Do you see what I'm saying? So the letters are not, are not just letters that make up a set of words. No, the living letters are living beings. And those living beings enacted the very words of Yahweh because it required those letters in order to form the words that Yahweh was able to speak. You see what I mean? Hebrew is a pictorial language. It takes the pictures of the meanings of these and brings them together as one. When we look at it at, from that perspective, we begin to see a fullness. Well, let's go Let's go back to Barah. Barashit Barah, okay? Now, Barah is the, the Hebrew word that talks about creating. And it's made up of bait, resh, and aleph. So when you look at that, it's from the place of the house. It's from the place of communion. 
It's from the place where two have become one flesh, because Beit is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and it talks of duality. It talks of two, but it's coming together in one because it's the house. It's the place where the two dwell together as one. Resh, the place of the head, the top, the, the beginning, if you will. And so in this place of beginning, we see where the, the beginning of, uh, of what Yahweh was speaking was his creation. But Aleph, Aleph is the last letter in Barah. And you see, to me, I think it's very, very interesting and very purposeful why Yahweh put the Aleph in the last position there. Aleph, to me, is a, is a letter that represents Yahweh himself. It represents the fullness of him. It represents his promises and those promises being fulfilled. But Yahweh showed me a pattern once quite some time ago, and I haven't talked about it a lot, and this is probably the first time I've alluded to it in a podcast. But if you will, each letter has a position overall within the letter itself and the position that it has in the word. So let me just say it like this. The, the final position there, to me, is a, is a position of fulfillment. It's a position where the, 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 the word of Yahweh has, has, been, has been manifested and it's been set up on the earth. So it's a place of fulfillment and manifestation and fullness in the earth. But we're taking the, the living letter Aleph, which is an archetypal letter. It's a letter that represents Yahweh. It's a letter that represents his fullness. And it's a letter that represents who he is. And so archetype is a, the definition of archetype is something that you would then copy from because it's the original. It's the, it's the beginning. And so it's found in the, in the last position of that letter. Most Hebrew words are between two and three letters long. And in that final position where it sits with the Aleph at the last, as the last letter of the Hebrew word Barah, it's declaring the fact that the fullness of Yahweh is made manifested on the earth. Do you see what I'm saying here? The fullness of Almighty Yahweh wrapped up where we are seeing, living, and being our original intent in Him. We have, if you will, become Him in the earth. We are standing in the fullness of Him with the seven spirits of the Lord uh, inside of us and operating through, through us. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord in the fullness of who Yahweh is. Thank you.